Hello, and welcome back to another episode of Wheat Jesus. I'm your host, Whitney, and we have a very special guest. He's a, I think, three-time reigning champion of uh, guests being here. AJ, welcome back. And the crowd goes, wow. Wow. That was a hell of an entrance. Um, so today, I don't know if you guys know, but AJ is a geologist, um, in fact, if you find him on Instagram, he's under the name Lil Geology, um, just as a scientific fact. Um, and we're going to talk about the big one today. Um, AJ always gets a little smile on his face when he talks about the big one, so I assume he really likes it. What do you think? You like talking about the big one? It's like a nervous smile that I can't control. Okay, so for everyone that doesn't know, what is the big one? So uh, when we're talking about the, the big one in this context, we're uh, referring to the inevitable um, massive Cascadia earthquake event here in the PNW. Okay, PNW meaning Pacific Northwest for anyone that's not familiar in South Africa. Um, and Cascadia, I guess, is... What is Cascadia? The, the name of the uh, fault zone. Okay. And so the big one is the earthquake. And how does this work? How, what is, why would this be different from other earthquakes? What's going on here? Uh, so a lot of it, you know, multiple different factors. You know, we could go back and through paleo seismology, we could get a pretty good estimate of how frequently um, slips occur on this fault. Um, and our roughest estimates have us saying we're overdue for a slip at this earthquake. Um, people have kind of narrowed it down to believe that we should expect to see an earthquake event, you know, like a 30% chance of an earthquake event in the next 50 years, and then 10% chance that it's going to be a massive, uh, massive event. Okay, um, so massive event um let's just just in case people don't know uh there is a scale for earthquakes so can you talk about the scale for that do you know uh not in any capacity that someone's not going to correct us but yeah um it's it's a logarithmic scale so you know a six you know a categories a category uh, <laughs> that's uh, six, florida and you coming out yeah every, i want to categorize everything um <laughs> You know, the six on the Richter scale is, uh, uh, you know, a hundred times greater than, or a factor greater than a five on the Richter scale. Uh, but we're talking about this event either being something like a seven and a half to an eight and a half. Uh, the eight and a half being, you know, what we consider a, a massive event. And uh, either way, you know, we're still looking at a pretty large, large scale uh situation here uh you know i've had the fortunate ability to work around with a lot of local emergency uh management people and you know they're expecting you know tens of thousands of casualties which I mean, quick note is not deaths but is you know injury major injuries and or oh deaths. i didn't realize that okay. yeah casualties doesn't mean ten thousand people dead that's ten thousand people dead or majorly injured mm, okay so if they're expecting some i mean th that means that they're expecting something more along the lines of an eight 
if when it happens, not yeah. if it happens. Yeah. Um. The the earthquake part of it is only like one one factor. Really, the larger, more devastating thing is going to be the tsunami that follows follows afterwards. Um. You know, sea levels have been rising already. Uh, we have climate lot, change. Yeah, the climate yeah. change, which yeah. is very real. Yeah, we um, do believe on in climate change here. <laughs> just to, just get in that case, out. uh, in case you don't, you're probably listening to the wrong you podcast. You're listening to the wrong people talk, <laughs> and have been for a long time. Yes. Um. Yeah. So really, the the tsunami is what we're more concerned about. Of course, there's going to be infrastructure damage and situations of, you know, uh, ground liquefaction that could damage buildings. Um, and cause injuries and death that way, but the tsunami, I think, is really what everyone's most puckered about. Um, <laughs> with a lot of, you know, the cities out here in the Puget Sound being so close to the water, um, I should have looked up the numbers for this, but, uh, the, you know, we're estimating a tsunami wall, I'll say 60 feet high. Yeah. Um, because that sounds scary, right? I mean, uh, yeah. Yeah, right? But, yeah. Okay. Because <laughs> it is scary, I just don't, I don't know how scary but yeah. 60 puts us in the, the right ballpark. Would um, it be about the same, you think, as the one that hit Japan? I think it was The Japan. tsunami that hit Japan? Um, I'm led to believe it's going to be bigger. You know, tsunami. the tsunami that hit Japan was a very large, you know, very large event. But um, the larger problem with them was the the reactor and oh, all the nuclear right. fallout yeah. into the waters and stuff. Not to say that the tsunami didn't devastate you know japan right uh but i think this will be larger in scale um though i you know geographically or geologically and geographically speaking you know we got a lot more mountains you know around here yeah um so but it, it should be a bigger earthquake or a bigger tsunami right and this also you have to think too because japan is smaller in yeah. general, I mean, it's an island. Yeah. So, of course, that's going to be devastated. Not to say we're not going to be devastated here, but I think it would take something bigger to devastate us on that scale, which is kind of what the big one is because the fault line goes from, I think, halfway down California to up into Canada, right? Mm -hmm. Is that right? Yeah, we should have. So, as you can see from this visual aid over here. Yeah. <laughs> we have visual aids here. I know you guys can't see it, but... When we get the video going. Yeah. Um, but essentially, if you guys don't know about like plate tectonics and stuff, what's happening is, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, but two plates are actually trying to separate, in our case. Um, I thought for a long time they were pushing against each other, but they're actually trying to separate from what I've seen lately um, in all the documentaries I've been watching. And so anyway, when those plates you know, pull on each other, essentially they make the ground into liquid. Can that trigger volcanoes too? Um, a couple, couple things. Uh, the, the lick, the liquefaction part of that is, um, basically you get that when our whole area out here is, you know, we're built on top of loose unconsolidated sediment and, there is a lot of work that goes into build, building buildings around earthquake prevention, but when you shake the ground a lot and you have not very compact soils is where you get the liquefaction mm, from. Yeah. Uh, the thought of an earthquake or the earthquakes causing a volcano or volcanic eruption, 
that is a possible thing. I know Rainier is still uh, an active volcano that everyone stays pretty tight around. Um, what that chance, what that chance looks like, I cannot say. Yeah. Um, how closely those systems are related, I also could not say. It could, you know, even potentially if it did set it off, it could be setting off in a beneficial way, right? It could be mm. a minor eruption and save us from a, what would could have potentially been a major eruption. Yeah, that's true. Um, about that. The uh, the the scary thing I always I always talk about when we talk about the earthquakes and the volcanic eruptions is that every day it doesn't happen it gets bigger. Oh yeah, that's a nice little thought. Yeah, it's very comforting at night. That's yeah. why I think about every day I go to sleep is well you know the earthquake didn't happen today but that just means tomorrow will be bigger, <laughs> um, and that's just the nature of the whole beast you know it's building building up force building up force, um, you've got all these plates pressing up against each other or separating. Well, I think in the, uh, oh, some geologist out there is going to spit roast me for this, but I'm pretty sure it's, a uh, um, they're transecting plates, so they're kind of, not every, not every plate works perfectly in one direction, right? They're yeah. all kind of moving in a different way. And, you know, we talk about convergent, um, plates like that, just kind of simplify it. But if you could imagine, you know, just the two plates up against each other, constantly building pressure until we get mm. that earthquake event, and then we're going to slip. Um, and then we just go shooting off into the ocean. Yeah, we go shooting. That's shoot. the science behind that, it. And that's the science <laughs> behind it. Um, so what's your biggest fear when it comes to the big one? Uh, my biggest fear is that, truthfully, um, from the people I talk to who, again, work in emergency management, um, I'm not going to say where, but they say, you know, it very realistically will be about two weeks before most people get any sort of help. Uh, um, it just has how large of a scale we're talking about and, you know, what area. And you can't, you know, people plan and spend their lives planning for events like this. But when you're talking about a third, you know, a third percent chance happening over the next 50 years. Yeah, there's only so much you can do. To, yeah. Like, and Mother Nature is going to do her thing. It's probably not going to happen on a super sunny summer day and clear daylight, um, <laughs> which is also, you know, inconvenient. So everyone says you should have, we plan for about two weeks. Um, and I think just the widespread, like, I don't know many people who have two weeks food stores. <laughs> lined yeah. Up. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've got enough black beans and garbanzo beans here to get us for a while, but, um, and we can goat drink milk. goat milk. Yeah. Goat milk. hundred percent. Um, which, I mean, that's, that's a large thing, you know, too, um, animal and livestock, uh, problems is a concern for them. You know, we have a lot In of farms way? out here, uh, a lot of farms that could be very susceptible to large tsunamis. And oh, yeah. now you were dealing with, had to deal with large scale livestock mortalities. Um, which I think in turn would also like probably affect the water yeah you know there's having any oh they yeah they're it'll probably devastate the shelf industry out here for some serious amount of time yeah um so everyone's oyster prices are going to go through the roof after this (laughs) so that's what i'm really scared about the dramatic increase in oyster prices yeah it's tough you'll just have to start getting lobster from maine instead (laughs) yeah (laughs) so i've heard you speak before about as a joke, um, as a joke. about, you know, would you fake your own death? Oh. Um, 
before we even get into would we or would we not, can yeah. you explain to people why that would even be an option? Um, yeah, so exactly, you know, with everyone being separated for two week, two weeks off, there's just gonna be a lot of loss and confusion um, going around the area. And it's very, you know, record keeping in events like this are not the, the number one priority, nor are they the easiest thing to stay on top of. Right. So. And at, when you're talking tens of thousands of people dying. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, you could easily be one of them. Very easily. You know, that might just be the day I decided to go surfing or something. Right. <laughs> um. Florida man goes surfing in I, tsunami. Yeah, I decided to go back to my roots and do some storm surfing. Uh, okay, so do you think you would fake your own death? Do you, um, it, it's highly contingent on how much student loan debt I still have at that time. Mm. Um, well, I mean, hopefully... With all these student loan forgiveness program things. Right, right. It'll yeah, be we're, good. we're gonna knock a few, you know, a bit of money off of it. It's getting pretty low. Yeah. But if it happens tomorrow, <laughs> maybe not. Maybe not. Yeah, I'm, I'm tired of getting calls about from insurance companies. Yeah. <laughs> debt collectors. Yeah, my extended warranty calls. Ooh, I might have already screwed myself saying that we're out here in the PMW. Yeah, right. Yeah, yeah you let them know. They're gonna find me. <laughs> So what kind of, like, long-term effects do you think you would see? I mean, eventually we would rebuild, right? So yeah. how long do you think that that um, would take to get back to quote-unquote normal? Right, so it, it probably a pretty, pretty long time, you know. People spend a lot of time rebuilding the infrastructure. Um, I can't give the best estimate, but, you know, you figure two weeks to start getting aid from um, Red Cross and FEMA... It'll be a while till we return back to big normal. Um, mm. One of the biggest, another thing that'd be hugely hit out here would be the tech industry. Is um, mm. we have you know a, a booming tech hub here in see you know here in Seattle. Yeah. Um, so we'll probably see like the fall off of that for a pretty long time. I mean, you're talking like taking down internet access and all that kind of stuff. Well, yeah. I mean. Um, Seattle's right there on the water. Um, yeah, it is. I, I don't. I I haven't looked at exactly how Seattle would be impacted, but probably I mean, not well. Yeah, I assume it would be hit by a tsunami as well. Yeah, because it is right. I mean, you could take ferries to it. It's it, right on the water. Exactly, and uh, I mean, even then, you know, just the the general sea level rise we're gonna see from all that is be pretty substantial. Luckily, we're good where we are. Well, Just our area might become waterfront property. Yeah. I mean, well, isn't there, like, already a lot of flood zones and stuff all in the area? Yeah, uh, especially when you... Yes. There, uh, Tacoma, I think, is a really big concern, um, especially for this event. Um, I know they put a lot of funding into outreach and making sure people are, you know, kind of prepared. Um, I do think, as a whole, this is one of those things that... With nut, you know, as long as your area is entirely prepared, everyone should be fine, right? Um, there, there is still going to be the immediate damage from the earthquake and the tsunami, but get to high ground as soon as possible. If you're in a flood area, you should know if you're in a flood area. That's the biggest thing, 
right? You should know what your evacuation route looks like. Yeah. Um, but when, the tr- when do you know to go to high ground? Uh, immediate. Uh, like when, when you feel when, the earthquake. When you feel the earthquake is okay. uh, the the protocol is, you know, stop. Uh, I, I think you get under a table. Right. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, just you, so things don't fall on you. Doorways and underneath tables, and then the second earthquake's on, head for high ground. How long would you guesstimate, roughly, between earthquake and tsunami hitting? Um, Kelsey, do you have a number on that? No. Well, I, uh, we don't know exact numbers, but are you thinking, like, is it, like, minutes, hours? I, I want to say, like... Like, under an hour? Yeah, maybe maybe an hour. Okay, so maybe. not long though. It's not yeah. like you're gonna have a day, a full day to get somewhere. No, it's it's a pretty like you want to get going that second. Okay. Um, and if you're you know in that flood zone, the general rule of thumb is that you should have like a an emergency bag packed ready to go at all times. Oh. That way, if you you know feel the earthquake, you just grab your bag and get going. Okay. Do you have an emergency pack? I do not, uh, but we're not in a flood zone. Not right now. Not right now. I don't think... you're moving soon. Um, yes. Um, still trying to really determine. Yeah, luckily, Olympia is a little bit more inland. Okay, yeah, that makes Um, sense. Ish. It's at the end of the sound. Yeah. So, um, right? I think so, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, if I remember the map correctly. Yeah, there's still water by it. Yeah, it's definitely on the water, but... Um, it's a little more inland. The, yeah, so there, there's a little bit less risk with uh, over there than the northern west part of Washington. Um, That's more of a flood zone because of rain, not like um, tsunami is going to be... Oh, yeah, nor- northwest uh, Washington up there is probably because of rain. But it's also just geology okay, and geography. Like the mountains, all that good stuff. Yeah. Um, but of course, you know, I say everyone could just get up and go after the earthquake, but we all know that that's not the truth of the situation. Not oh, everyone yeah. has the ability to get in their car and start driving. Yeah. Well, yeah, not everyone has a car. Not everyone is, I mean, people are going to be injured to even be able to get up and go. Mm-hmm. Um, I just, it's scary to me. It's, uh, it's one of those things because it is unpredictable but predictable like you said so like we think it's gonna happen within the next 50 years but we don't fucking know exactly when yeah and and how do you in a place that's so densely populated how do you really prepare for that i mean are there other ways that people can prepare besides having a go bag um having good information knowing where you're going knowing what resources be available to you um Besides that. I mean, bunkers, like rich people, are bunkers even if Well, maybe not this... bunkers. They're probably in, like, maybe higher higher towers okay, you want to yeah. get up. That's why I'm like, is that even a thing? Because those will crumble, right? Mm-hmm. We have a guest also here. His name is Kitty Boy. He's he's uh, right in front of the camera. You guys can't see him. Yeah. But he, he has a lot to say on the topic. He's assisting in our visual aids. How hard do you think it would be? I mean, what do you think you would do if it hit right now? Would you be grabbing animals? Um, if if it hit right now, as I we should be fine right here where we're at. Um, okay. I'd be probably running to the store to get beer. 
as much beer as we possibly can. <laughs> to get water and bread. Yeah, water, like, bread. Toilet paper, mm-hmm. of course. Yeah, the classics. Yeah. <laughs> All the stuff you normally get if you've gone through any sort of emergency preparedness. I wonder... Um, you work with you work with farmers like specifically dairy farmers and stuff. I know you just started, but are you aware of them having any sort of um, like evacuation plans for any of their livestock? Or um, is that just a lost cause at that point. That's you know depends on where from place to place, but you know if you're talking about a, a farm that has a couple hundred uh, dairy cows on it. There's just no way. You can't. There's no way. Which, you know, that's, um, you have talked talk with people, consulted with people in local emergency management teams that, like, discussing options for dealing with these large livestock mortalities. Mm-hmm. Um, because that, that could quickly you know, become a problem if you don't deal with them immediately. Vec- you know, them being vectors of disease and issues right. and all that. Um, but, no, it's, does not look great situation if you're a farmer uh, in a low-lying area. What about, do you know much about infrastructure that's already been built? Uh, well, I know um, a lot of work goes into making sure structures are built on soil that's compact well enough that it, it should stand. Mm-hmm. Um, but I venture to guess there's a lot of old infrastructure out here as well. Yeah, okay, so let me tell you what I looked up and found out. Yes, please. So, um, the things that I was looking at were more specifically related to Portland for some reason, but I'm sure it holds true over a lot of places. Yeah, Portland's right on the river too, so mm-hmm. they're a real high uh, flood risk area. Yeah, just keep it weird, Portland, <laughs> until you can't anymore. Um, <laughs> anyway, so the the thing is, I guess... We didn't realize that this was even a possibility until I believe it was like the 80s that we realized how much of a problem this is and how soon this thing could quake Cause, because mm-hmm. it wasn't happening often enough and recorded enough throughout history. We didn't realize for the longest time. So we didn't build anything for an earthquake even close to this. In fact, people didn't even think earthquakes hit up here and you still don't feel them. Mm-hmm. Now, like like in California, you know, they talk about feeling earthquakes all the time. But up here in Washington, people don't... I mean, there are earthquakes occasionally. Um, the ones that I read about were very, like, low on the Richter scale. Mm-hmm. A lot of them were, like, in the middle of the night, that so people didn't even feel them. People were asleep. That's when they like to strike. Mm-hmm, yeah. Uh, and so for the longest time, we didn't know, so we built nothing to be prepared up until, I think it was the 90s when we confirmed everything. Mm-hmm. And since the, anything new built since then is being built up to code, but there's so much more infrastructure that was built before that, like the majority of the infrastructure. Um and uh, so quick quick point about that uh another place mm-hmm. a, a little bit further away from us that is equally bad is if anyone's listening in memphis tennessee tell them to redo your infrastructure okay so <laughs> what about memphis it's uh they're equally due for an earthquake but with much older infrastructure that is not oh, anymore. really uh but very similar situation in portland 
Is that, well, now I'm curious, in Memphis, is that predicted to be, like, on the size I don't think it's. I don't one? think it's going to be the size of this one by, by far, but it's more of a, that area doesn't get earthquakes a lot, and the buildings are not meant to withstand it. I didn't even realize there was a fault line there or anything. Uh, from my vague memory, it, it runs right through the middle of the city. <laughs> It's it's not like this where it's like oh it's off over there it's no it's right in the middle. Of the city. Wow, that's interesting. Damn. Um, well, but yeah, back to Portland. Right? Yeah, the South will rise again sometime. Yeah, just had to warn people of Memphis. <laughs> yeah, but yeah, so Portland, um, and I I think that these documentaries just use that as the example. Like I said, it it was implying that it's not just Portland; it's all of the Pacific Northwest. Yeah. Um, and so with that, you know, obviously anything that's not built up to standard is going to crumble like a cookie, like a cake. I don't know. You know, things that crumble. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'll take things that crumble for 500 Thank you. Uh, I didn't Portland. know about that about Portland, but now uh, I think I'll make one to enjoy it while it's there. That's what I was going to say. If you're listening out there, go visit Portland before it's too late, I guess. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so do you feel, you feel safe here? Do you feel like you would be willing to do like a refuge place if like, let's say all hell breaks loose, but this place is fine and people need help. Do you feel like you would invite people in? I'm, uh, just personal ethics speaking. I would course invite anyone in um yeah but i other people might feel i might have more open arms than (laughs) you know your arms can only be so open yeah Uh, i do think that so we're here on a commune if you will in in washington and i do think that there are other commune members that maybe wouldn't be so welcoming yeah in that scenario not that they're not welcoming people but uh, <laughs> yeah, see, I, I have the inclination even to, you know, I want to get out and tour the area right. immediately afterwards from, uh, not that I think I'm Superman over here and I'm going to lift pylons off a old lady and save her life, but just from a, like, know. you know, want to see what's going on mm-hmm. type same, uh, aspect. I feel very, I'm in the minority of that. Right. Here in this house, at yes, least. in this house. I would go with you though. Perfect. I would definitely want to see what's going on. Well, Are you kidding me? Can't go solo. Need team. Yeah, hell yeah. Um, <laughs> but I imagine you know you're gonna see like down power lines, and I'm sure like the rain's not gonna help either. Just trying to like deal with everything, so we'll have to be careful. We'll wear rubber boots and stuff yeah. just in case there's like power lines going off. I got two pairs. Good, good idea about the rubber boots. Thank you yeah. so much. Yeah, I worked hard on that thought. Any other thoughts on uh, the big one? Any fun facts? Um, no. I mean, like I said, it, it's going to be a very large event. It's going to be catastrophic, but there's I'm not. Really much we can do about it. You can't do much about it. I'm not sweating it every day, and I've just kind of accepted. You know, if it were to happen, right, I'm not worried as much about my individual life or the lives of the people I know, more just that it will be a massive disruption to our normal day-to-day life, if anything. 
Do you feel like this would be a good opportunity to perhaps break away into Cascadia separate from the con- the rest of the country? Um, the moment we have federal emergency funds in our hands, we break away and okay. form our own, uh, own nation of Cascadia. Yeah, we gotta get the money first yeah. so we can rebuild. That makes sense. I like I like all the talks about this too. It's not even like we're trying to form a separate state. It's uh, a separate nation. Within. Yeah, yeah. Well, because you have multiple states in it, so mm-hmm. so we'll get we'll have like the stars and stripes, but it'll just be like three stars because it'll be California. Why are we keeping and... the stars and stripes? <laughs> well, I mean, we the need strangely a... <laughs> patriotic of you. Yeah, you know, like we'll separate as a nation, but we're gonna keep the stars and stripes. We're just gonna knock. Off. I guess I'm thinking like the Civil War. I guess they still kept stars and shit on them. I don't know, but we don't want to be like the South. So uh, we the Cascadia flag is actually really cool. We should just keep that. Yeah, I don't yeah. think I've seen it, but I'm sure it's cooler than the stars and stripes. It's way cooler. Um, yeah. So. Anyway, any uh, any advice? Uh, if you had to tell people one more thing, anything to do. I know you've said some things, but leave the people with some advice as we close out here. Uh, yes. Uh, uh, brush your teeth twice a day. Um, even during even during a catastrophic event. Yeah, even during. No, just uh, <laughs> know your risk area. There's plenty of resources out there. Um, know your risk area and have be prepared have you know stores of food um okay you, know, you can expect to be a while before you get any sort of return to normal life so yeah and my advice would be when you feel the earth quaking and if you're on a skateboard get off of it and that's uh that's my advice so Anyway, guys, thanks for listening. I know it's been a while, but I will do some more. Um, Yeah, thanks again. I'm Whitney. That's AJ. Say bye, AJ. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. Bye-bye.